0: day, everyone. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying your week, your weekend, and I hope everything, everything's been alright. Uh, it seems like we are in a rapid escalation of, of messed up times. I don't think it's going to slow down. I, I think this is, this is the new normal. Uh, I think we've broken so many systems, and so many things internationally have, have fallen apart, that welcome to hard times. That's that's really the easiest way to sum it up. Uh, we've had some really good times, and we created some really soft people. Uh, and, well, welcome to your product. Uh, we are now entering hard times. Uh, are we on the verge of World War III? Uh, and the fog of war? We're going we're to touch on as much of that as we can today. Uh, this is the second time I've had to re-record this damn episode. Uh, I just can't. It's such a difficult topic, and I just can't seem to nail down an episode where I feel like I haven't shoved my foot in it. Um, So we'll try, third time's a charm, and uh, see how little I can screw this one up. Uh, I'm certainly going to piss some people off with my takes on some of this. Uh, Perhaps you may agree I'm definitely going to ruffle some feathers today, though. Uh, But before we dive into all of everything geopolitical, uh, it's time to kind of look at the news uh, here in Ontario. Uh, We've got one more day of vaccine passports, uh, technically speaking. Tuesday, uh, the 1st of March, it becomes optional. I don't know how that's going to shake out. I know a couple of my friends that actually listen to this podcast, uh, they've been bugging me about hockey I cannot wait to get back to hockey. However, I don't know if that's going to be lifted. Uh, when it comes to community centers and government stuff, I don't know if they keep it in or not. We'll see. Uh, I hope to play hockey. I know just in town here, there's certain places that already said they will keep it in. Uh, London Children's Museum being one of them, which sucks, because it's like really fun place to take your kids. A, ni- a nice place on a cold winter day to take your kids inside. But I'm going to get to go on a dinner date. I'm going to get to take my kids to the theater. I'm going to get to join the gym again. So we, we are making monumental progress uh, to get to where we are, and, and we're not letting up now. You look at Quebec, and they announced after March break, kids will not need masks. Uh, Quebec being one of the more asshole-ish dictates, uh, it's big progress. It's substantial. So, I would not be shocked to see Ontario kind of follow not too far behind that. Uh, certainly, sooner would be better. Uh, March break sounds amazing, uh, considering that's, I think, in like a week or so. But, uh, nonetheless, all fronts are moving forward other than BC, which, I mean, BC's just going the opposite direction. They're now firing healthcare workers. So, I mean, if you're in BC, uh, run, maybe, I... I at this point, if you're not making progress, I really don't know when you will. Um, Alberta seems to be completely out of the woods. They, they seem to be lifting pretty much everything. Manitoba, Saskatchewan, similarly. Uh, I haven't heard a lot on the East Coast, actually. Uh, I know Nova Scotia... They're weird. Just weird out there. Uh, I should check in and see how they're doing. I know everyone's kind of made plans, other than BC, to, to lift most things. Um... But yeah, big progress. Especially, thank a trucker. Uh, they can say that this wasn't caused by the trucker convoy all they want. Anyone with half a brain will tell you that's nonsense. Uh, they're never going to politically say that it was the truckers, but uh, certainly, it uh, it struck a chord and has moved the ball a considerable distance. So we'll uh, we'll keep our ears open and see what what kind of shakes out. Seems like Ontario hasn't made a lot of announcements in regards to how it's all going to roll out. A lot of businesses haven't really said much. Uh, I know my gym has said that they will be scrapping it, so I will get to go to the gym. Other than that, a lot of people haven't haven't picked one way or another yet, so it'll be interesting to see how the week goes and uh, where where we're allowed to go and what sections are, are not allowed, because uh, science, right? But other than that, it's, it's relatively a slow news week, um, in in terms of domestic issues. Uh, that's largely because we're massively distracted by what's going on in Russia and Ukraine right now. And before we dive too far into that, it's, it's imperative to kind of talk about what's kind of happening. And I don't mean geopolitically or militarily. Um, we are officially into the fog of war. And I didn't quite appreciate it till this go-round. This this conflict has really shown it to me. And I don't know if it's worse, or I just didn't notice it the last time there was international conflict. Um, but the fog of war is so thick right now that basically, no matter what side of anything you land on, uh, don't believe it. Uh, the, the misinformation is the worst I've ever seen. I, I, I've i never... And it's an, and not even a network issue at this point. Like, we're all used to CNN being lying bags of whatever. And and the spin you get from CBC, CTV. We're used to spin. This is a different level. Uh, and I don't even think that it's done consciously. It seems to be a, a great deal of full-on propaganda from both sides are f- going all over the place. Uh, Russia is certainly working full-time to get their propaganda campaign up. Um, for example, I saw, I saw a situation where they took over an island, and it was reported by Ukraine-sided media. Um, I equate that to all of North American media as well. Um, but a, a bias towards Ukraine media, and they said that Russia killed everyone on the island. And then Russia came out and they posted video of troops surrendering and, and eating amongst the other troops, and it was it was peaceful and civil and that turned out to be complete fabrication uh, I don't I don't actually to this day know what ended up happening, but one side of the story says they murdered everyone the other side says they're having lunch together. Then you find out this this video and it, the video isn't is isn't accurate. It was it was taken from another time. So that's a, an example of Russian propaganda making its way at mainstream. Um, but there seems to be an absolute truckload of Ukrainian propaganda. And I don't think, certainly the country, Ukraine, does not have time right now to spin up propaganda. Uh, it, it's being kind of manufactured by the mainstream media and, and the global press, really. And I I can't put my finger on why. Uh, You've seen, the by now a bunch of you have already seen the videos of fathers saying goodbye to their family. Uh, They've got all sorts of just heartbreaking and and tear-jerking stories. Uh, You've got pictures of men and women coming out of blown-up buildings with bandages on their heads and, and blood streaming down. But then you find out later, or maybe you don't find out. This is why we're covering it. Um, it it's all old sources. It's all old pictures. It's all old conflict. Uh, for example, most of you might have seen the father saying goodbye to his daughter while they put him on a bus and they left Ukraine. That was before any conflict. That was a, a tearful, sad moment before any of this happened. Uh, the the picture of an older woman coming out of a blown-up house with a, a bandage and a, a bloodied face It's from 2018. Uh, you've got one where similar where, where a man is bloodied up, and that's from 2016. So, there is no shortage of just, you don't know which way to look. Uh, at this point, I have seen more verifiable bullshit than I have facts. Um... We can all call a spade a spade. Innocent people are trapped in the middle of this. doesn't matter what side you're on. Uh, and personally, I think picking sides is stupid in this situation. Uh, and I don't mean that from a, from a dogmatic perspective that I, quote, stand with Ukraine and all this virtue signal bullshit. Uh, we've covered this before where it's, it's, I don't do performative gestures. Uh, and I also don't eat whatever I'm told, uh, at face value, uh, (laughs) how many wars, how many conflicts does North America have to get involved in before the citizens realize it's nine times out of 10, you're being played. Uh, You look at Syria, you look at Somalia, you look at Iraq, you look at Iran. There's so many historical conflicts, even in my lifetime, that you can verifiably look at and be like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. We, we shouldn't have done that. And don't get me wrong. It's, Terrible to see innocent people put in danger. Uh, or worse, hurt and killed. But you have to get to the point where you're like... First off, half the stuff I'm seeing is, is f- straight up lies. Uh, so I don't know what to make of it. And, and even now, like I've recorded two episodes of this already... Trying to, to word it in a way that doesn't sound regrettable. Because uh, I certainly don't by default side with the government of ukraine and i certainly don't by default side with the people of or the government of russia the fact is i i feel terrible for the citizens of each government uh we'll get into it in a little bit but this this conflict right now is a product of bad governments and malicious multi-letter global companies uh like nato for example Um, but we're in this fog of war and you really can't trust anything. Like, I can't even give a lot of source material on this because it's just so muddied. Uh, and honestly, it, it becomes a, a tool within the conflict itself as it is, but we are seeing unprecedented times. I, I truly, we've talked about this before. I didn't think. Russia would, would invade. Uh, I kind of expected Ukraine to back off with NATO. And now you've got all of this foreign aid. Everyone's a bleeding heart at this point. Everyone is... It's, it's sad that we've got to the point where we will do performative gestures all day long. Uh, I'll post a flag of the Ukrainian flag... I will post a picture saying I stand with Ukraine. Uh, Canada will send my tax money. Uh, we'll buy them some guns and send that. But we're not doing anything. Like, even with foreign aid, you're not doing jack shit. Uh, you're giving. Who cares if you're giving them weapons or money when they have nobody to stand up and defend themselves? Um, and I'm not saying that as if we should get involved. I, I really think we should not uh North America's whole I think the more interventionist approach has got us in a negative direction in the last 20 30 years I think we can have compassion and empathy for people going through terrible times uh it doesn't mean we need to poke our head into every conflict that's happening uh certainly if things cross a certain line we absolutely should but when you look at what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, and you can understand that it was diplomatically avoidable, uh, NATO is probably 65% of the reason this popped off. Uh, for context, anyone that doesn't understand the history, after the Cold War, Russia, which was the USSR, was promised that NATO and and the ally forces would not influence or encroach on their national borders. Um, And since that happened, NATO has targeted everything around Russia. Uh, They have tried to sign treaties with everyone in any proximity to Russia. And Russia made no no stutter, they made no secret of the fact that Ukraine was a red line. And if they courted Ukraine and Ukraine joined NATO, it would not abide by it. It would not allow it to stand. Uh, Strategically, Ukraine poses a giant threat to Russia geographically, meaning that if its enemies ended up getting Ukraine, it would put it in a very dangerous spot uh, for trade and for military strategy. They were completely content, sorry, they were mostly content with having Ukraine be its own country uh, in the spot it's in, but when they started flirting with their enemies, uh, that's where it became a problem. And Russia made no no secret of this. In December, they said, this is a red line we will not negotiate on. Meanwhile, they still kept doing it. Uh, and af- unfortunately, Russia is not a country that you can kind of call their bluff on. Uh, they kind of have as much bite as they do bark. So... To think that this came out of nowhere, or was not avoidable, is is insane to me. Uh, people that are kind of understanding what's going on, they've give, been given half the truth. And uh, so it's, it's difficult for me. Obviously, any innocent situation is not okay. But from a military standpoint, what was Russia supposed to do? Were they supposed to just bend over and take it until somebody moved on Russia, or directly started the fight? No, they're not that... Anyone who understands any geopolitical strategy or history understands that that's not how Russia works. They're not going to be pacifists up until their own demise. That being said, we we don't want to see innocent people hurt. And I've seen... And again, with Fog of War, I actually can't verify that what I've even seen is accurate. Uh, they've literally used movie footage in some of their propaganda stuff. Uh, one clip was a soldier saying goodbye to his fiancée. Straight out of a movie. Like, 100% clipped from a movie. Uh, I know there was rumors of this alleged ghost of Kiev, of a Ukrainian fighter pilot that has seems to be taking out countless countless aircraft uh the video they used for that was out of a video game um so i just can't trust anything and i think that's the only responsible position to take at this point is to just dismiss everything because you can't verify it and we can verify that there's a ton of lies going around um one big lie that's happening in in north america People seem to think Ukraine is this bastion of democracy and we owe it to democracy to defend it. Um, After you guys stop laughing at the fact that people like Justin Trudeau are now talking about international defense of democracy after currently having people in custody remanded without bail for peacefully protesting their government. Uh, Meanwhile, the driver of the car that hit five people at a protest in Winnipeg out on bail. Uh, Tried to kill someone. Out on bail. Uh, You parked your truck downtown Ottawa? Yeah, no, we're putting you in jail until trial. But the truth is, Ukraine is not a democracy. Uh, They might behave in some ways like a democracy. Uh, They have elections. And from all accounts, the elections are fairly safe. Uh, I can't say definitively they're not uh, he's a very The pop- President Zelensky is a very popular president. He was a movie star. In fact, he curated his own movie where he was the president of Ukraine, and then turned it into real life, copying the movie almost exactly. That's its own thing. Uh, people that run countries are weird. The people that gravitate to national leadership are, are weirdos. This shouldn't shock anyone, but. Uh, no, as soon as he was elected, they shut down any media that was against their party, and they arrested and jailed their opposition. So Ukraine is not, in itself, some glimmer of hope and democracy in the barren wasteland that is the, currently the USSR, or is how the mainstream media would have you have it. Certainly, Russian politics have got some blood on their hands. They're not perfect. They're not even good. Um, but again, they have a foundational structure that if you don't cross these lines, you'll, you'll be fine. Now, some of the lines are, are terrible. You've got uh, anti-war protests happening in Moscow, and they're just arresting people. That's abhorrent. That's disgusting. Uh, that's not what I would stand for at all. Does it mean I have to get involved? No. Does it mean I have to post a square on Instagram and say this is my political stance on everything that happens? No, it's not. Uh, the truth is, it's a very complex and nuanced situation, and I just can't handle the perform. It's so nasty. The people that it's always the same people too. It's always the same people on your social media, and I don't know if if you're anything like me. I've I've just deleted people over it because I can't I can't tolerate the performative crap. Like if it's something like if you're from Ukraine or you've got family there it's fine you're absolutely good to be biased and rightfully so you don't have to, like you don't have to weigh the new ones or whether it's smart geopolitically to get involved um, it's okay to be biased if you've got reason but if you're just acting like the rest of people and just posting it because this is the cool thing to do and it shows that you care you are a dumbass. I, there's no other way to put it. If if you just act like a friggin' non-playable character, an NPC, and just go through the motions of what everyone else is doing, and you offer no thought or nuance to it, then you're not helping anyone. You're not doing history justice. You're not doing society justice. But it is, it is a giant problem. I, I don't think Russia-Ukraine... Is is the start of World War Three? Uh, this conflict in Russia is not new. Uh, again, largely centered around NATO. Uh, every other instance of expansion and conflict has been, a, in large part, egged on by NATO. Don't get me wrong. Russia certainly has ambitions to to gain some territory back, but certainly not the driving force. It's it's maybe a, a close secondary even a a tertiary benefit. But, nonetheless, it's got everyone's attention, and it's probably going to trigger some international mobilization. I think Americans have troops on the way. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what Germany does, considering Germany relies on Russian gas for everything. Uh, The product of going too green, and then you're reliant on foreign oil uh, from a... State that you may not want it from, but here in Canada, we are we're banning Russian vodka, and uh, I think they're even talking about banning Russian oil. I'm not positive on that. They're they're talking sanctions. Canada is going into this conflict with sanctions, and again, it's it comes back to the same thing. Honestly, our social Achilles' heel seems to be virtue. Anymore, And maybe we'll do a whole episode on, on just that. But virtue is really killing us. Uh, you've, you've had all of the COVID-19 be almost directly driven by virtue. Uh, if you don't wear a mask, if you don't get a vaccine, you're not a good person. You owe it to society. Uh, just garbage virtue. Now it's, we must cut off all import-export with Russia. Because it's the virtuous thing to do. Um... And again, it's a knee-jerk thing. Maybe you want to impact something. You want, you don't want to help Russians fund anything. Okay, but let's stop and back up a little bit. Let's look at what that ha- what that does. Sanctioning Russian economy isn't going to hurt the government. Uh, the government already have a war chest put together. They've already mobilized their military. They're not reliant on today's economy to fund the conflict now. So sanctioning Russia, maybe it impacts a little bit but what it is going to do it's going to hurt the citizens of russia Uh, and i'm not saying we should do nothing in regards to to condemning uh, an invasion Uh, largely my perspective is i don't condemn russian aggression i condemn the innocent issues uh so when innocent people get hurt or killed that is not okay but as far as exerting force or aggression against a country that has flirted with aggressing against you, uh, certainly Ukraine was never going to invade Russia, but they're they're flirting with their enemy. And they made it very clear diplomatically it was not going to fly. So sooner or later you do have to put your, your money where your mouth is. It is never okay to see citizens get hurt. And I don't like to see citizens getting drafted like you're seeing in ukraine it's it's a dangerous time uh and things can go very bad very quick but sanctioning russian people you have to look back at all the other times we've sanctioned people sanctions work fine when you're doing things diplomatically anyway uh so right now like sanctioning china is super effective because we're not in conflict with china so it's it's a way to apply pressure economically because they want their population to survive and to thrive, so sanctioning their population, sanctioning their markets, hurts their people, which hurts their their influence. So, but when you've got a authoritarian country like Russia uh, being sanctioned, it doesn't hurt the government. They just take more from the people. Uh, they just allow the people to suffer more. It makes no difference to them. So, in our vain attempt to pressure and do something we're we're actually inflicting harm onto people that don't deserve it um again this is this is what happens when you dive too deep in politics you realize that so much of it is all just smoke and mirrors it it isn't about what you're doing it's just that you're doing something uh we don't even sit there and talk about the the consequences much like masking much like the vaccines it's all one-sided conversation we can't talk about the possible problems and nuance is, is basically not not invited to the party, so yeah it's I think it's stupid and it's gonna it's gonna do nothing um but you look historically at sanctions uh most famously the the Treaty of Versailles after World War one uh the Allied powers sanctioned Germany and they made them pay a dear price both publicly in, in just lambasting them and dragging out embarrassment and apologies. And then financially, they, they pinned them to the wall and bled them for every drop they could possibly get. Um, it's it's a well-known topic amongst historians that had that been a more reasonable treaty and, and less punitive, could we have avoided World War Two? I'm not really looking to to litigate whether or not those sanctions, if they were less, they they could have avoided World War II. Um, but I just want to use it as a highlight point to show that any time you take extremely punitive measures economically against a country uh, in an attempt to sanction them in such a way, it has a it has a Blade on both—it cuts both ways. It's it's a dangerous mechanism because you remove the conversation and you remove diplomacy in a way that kind of alienates them, and in that alienation, you can grow a very large amount of animosity and resentment, which is clearly what we saw in Germany during the Treaty of Versailles and, and the years after. People blamed. The governments for this, and they blame. Ultimately, they turned and and blamed the Jewish people as well for the pain and suffering of the economy, when it was inflicted on them by multiple, multiple different areas. And you just force this criticism. You force people to find a boogeyman to blame. And when you continue to keep hurting people out of a punitive measure, you're not making progress. You're just making enemies. Uh, you've got places like North Korea, where their economies are so limited to begin with, by their own doings to start. They were very like cl- shut off. Um, but their their economies don't really support development and progress. So sanctioning somebody when they're in a position of no power to begin with, you can do it. They're going to hate you, but they can't really manifest anything about it. You'll see Rocket Man shoot rockets as far as he can, and then they'll go back to the drawing board. Maybe eventually they get one across the ocean. But on a country like Russia where they are self sufficient they do have the resources to to prolong a conflict to expand a conflict. These are not countries that it's smart to get overly punitive to get bold with your measures. Uh yes, we have to condemn any loss of innocent life. We have to condemn breaches of of war treaties, uh international law. Yeah, crossing that border, though I think there's a nuanced case to say it might have been coming, like it might have you might have had it coming a little bit. Uh certainly the innocent people didn't. So yeah, you've got you've got to do something in the sense that hey, this is wrong. But we're at a point where we're now adding... Ga- this is Trudeau. This is Trudeau. This is Biden. This is every every woke leader. Uh, I haven't heard Macron come out yet, but certainly they will. And they just put gas on every fire they can. And they do it from a place of... They, they think they're helping. Um, I, Trudeau, I can't even say he thinks he's helping. But nonetheless, they try to do it from a place of good value. I think. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But they're just so shallow and intellectually like, empty that they don't think the secondary and tertiary consequences and who this really hurts. um, At this point, uh, North America or or any of the G7 countries looking to excise Russia from all world economy... uh, (laughs) It's a non-violent way of torturing their innocent citizens, for as a result of Russia torturing innocent citizens in Ukraine. So it's it's just like we're passing the buck amongst a bunch of people that don't deserve it. Uh, if you want to fight Russia, fight the army, get it on and and do it. If you don't, then own it. Say to the people of Ukraine, hey, this isn't our fight. I'm sorry. How can we help? Do you need food? Do you need this, that, or the other? But this isn't our fight. Uh, and I don't say that as in a way we should abandon Ukraine, but to, to shoot straight with people and be like, hey, this is, this is cards on the table. We're not jumping in here. We'll do what we can, but we're not jumping in. And if Ukraine has a full understanding of the playing field, they can make moves accordingly. If it means they have to surrender because they just don't have the military support, they can make that call. Um, just avoid the nonsense and the fake virtue. Because I certainly don't think that Canada is joining a large-scale war. I don't think Germany... Germany is going to have to hedge their bets and understand if they back Ukraine and Ukraine loses, they're screwed. They they cannot be in the bad books with Russia if they if Ukraine loses. Because all of their gas comes from Russia. And Germany, after they went woke with green energy having i think it's something like 65% of their energy sources are green so if it's a bad day there's no wind there's no sun you can have rolling blackouts no problem without without Ukrainian oil and gas so internationally it's it's a clusterfuck and there's more to it than surface level it's not something somebody should reactively post a square and say this is my stance and it's not a situation where somebody like myself, who takes a more nuanced and slow approach to things, it's not something where I instantly jump to say, no, I don't... I, I, no, clearly what's happening is, is wrong. I can understand some of the reasoning. I don't necessarily agree with the reaction, but I can understand where some of the reasoning is coming from. You, you can't keep poking a Russian bear and expect them not to snap out of their hibernation. Uh, at some point, you're going to get bit. Uh, it's... Just a tragic shame that the the larger powers that be, such as NATO, are using countries like Ukraine that really can't well defend themselves as pawns. Truthfully, NATO and America and the war machine don't care if Ukraine gets taken out. They don't care if innocent people die. They just want to kind of poke the bear and, and do something. Uh, we've had two years of pharma having front row center and probably four to six years of largely international peacetime, people forget that military is a business. They want to stay in it, and they're not just going to let it go. Uh, Somebody's going to poke something until they can get a beehive to kind of stir up. In regards to World War III, is this it? I I said it earlier, it's not, but I am very worried. uh, If this remains a a Russian issue, and it's just territorial disputes and and puffing in the chest to keep places like NATO at bay, then I think we just leave it at that. It's going to be a a localized conflict that, unfortunately, is going to cost some lives, and it's going to cost some peace, and it's, it's terrible, it's tragic. However, from a world scale, what I'm watching right now is China. Uh, This is the perfect time to strike against Taiwan, uh, or alternatively, even Australia. Uh, China is definitely planning something. Their conflict is absolutely on the horizon with China. Uh, Logic would say this is a prime time to move in on Taiwan. I say that as somebody who vehemently wants to see Taiwan allied up and defended. Uh, when you talk about abhorrent regimes and people calling Putin Hitler, the guy's not a good person. He's not a good man. He's not Hitler. He's not putting people in concentration camps. He's not he's not slaughtering innocent people en masse. The guy's definitely killed people. He's not a good guy. But he's not he's not Hitler. He's not behaving like Hitler as of now. But you look at China and Xi Jinping, and he is, he is killing people en masse. He is running concentration camps. He is acting in ways that we saw Hitler act, quite literally. So, I don't really buy into the distraction that is Russian conflict. They've always been in conflict. Uh, it's like everything, it flares up every now and then. Take your herpes medication, it'll, it'll go away. Your flare-up will go away, and then it'll come back again. Um, but I, I do worry nationally, internationally, that China capitalizes on this opportunity while everyone's distracted and military force is being directed towards Russia that now is when they strike at Taiwan. And I think if that happens, it's World War Three. I think if you see the expansion of military conflict beyond the bounds of, of Russia and their borders, then I think we enter a... World War phase. And I say that as I fully expect. And then in the next 10 years, we will likely see World War three anyway. Is this going to be the moment it pops off? I don't know. I kind of don't think this is it. But it all really depends on what China does. I, I, Russia is not going to be what starts off World War III. Uh They can't facilitate it. They can't last it. So it'll be all on China. And that that brings me to the another point with the whole Russia situation. They are not unreasonable people. Uh, Putin has demonstrated time and time again that he is able to function diplomatically. Uh, the man is not unreasonable in the sense that you can sit down and have an honest conversation. He'll tell you where he stands, and if it crosses his line, he'll tell you but he is open to discussion. He's been trying to discuss the NATO issue since December, and long even before that. They've made their stance very clear. However, in a time where you've now forced his hand, and he's going to act on it, and you've now cut diplomacy, you've you've now stopped talking to him, and you've you've cut that line of communication, what we're doing is we're taking a nation that is authoritarian, but was negotiable. You could deal with them to some degree and you could do diplomacy traditional diplomacy in hopes to further both countries goals um unlike china where you can't do diplomacy they they have an ideological war going on that people don't even realize but now when you alienate china uh, russia sorry you're forcing them to go to the next best option Uh, And that next best option is China. And that's where it gets really dangerous. Because forcing Russia to to chum up with China, that's a bad mix. Uh, We would have been far better off internationally to see Russia and China kind of stay in their own corners. And have an intermediary between the two of them. That's not happening. Uh, You saw just last week, the Biden administration tipped China off on some strategic stuff. And instantly China turned around and, and fed that to Russia. And made Biden just look like a, the buffoon of a grandpa he is. But, yeah, that's where we're worried. I'm not... I don't want to see people hurt. That's inevitable. I, I never want to see people hurt. So, so what's happening in the Ukraine is truly tragic. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of moving parts. And you really can't believe everything you're being shown. Uh, we are in the fog of war. And... When you're in those moments, there's just too much propaganda, too much spin to make heads from tails. You can't sort your way. But if if we can't de-escalate internationally and, and settle this down, it's going to get dark. And I don't think we're necessarily over the tip. I don't think this is beyond fix yet. But uh, it's certainly getting to be hard times. Uh, we have had good times we and we certainly have created a bunch of soft people um well it's it's time to to roll up our sleeves in the kitchen and start making some hard folks again uh and the only thing that does that is is hard times so welcome to the next 20 years folks um we'll see how this goes uh next week i'm hoping to have a slow news week uh we're trying to record a new episode tomorrow for the following week we'll see if i'm able to release it or if we will have to do a more timely episode um but i am looking forward to some slower times so we can get back to less immediate world events less immediate politics and and focus more on some nuanced topics again but we'll see how that all goes uh in the meantime pay the fee if i didn't completely butcher this episode the third time around. Uh, share it with a friend. And if you've got that really annoying friend who just shares nothing but virtue signal, send them this in spite. And if you're that person listening right now that this was sent to you, just understand the world is deeper than surface. Shut your phone off. Read a book. Go on YouTube. Watch a documentary. Culture yourself a little bit and stop being so stupid. For those of you that... Tune in every week and are just here because you are awesome. Uh, Just once again, I'd like to say thank you. If you haven't done so yet, we would love if you could leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Uh, We're working our way up those charts now, and it really helps a ton. Other than that, in the meantime, I hope you guys have a good week. If you're in Ontario, go out to dinner. Have a date night. Do something you haven't been allowed to do in two years. Uh, outside of Ontario, do the best you can Have, have a good week uh, And most importantly folks uh, Stay free everyone the end.